Well, as ever, there's a lot going on in American cricket. And once again, we've got our USA correspondent, Nate Hayes, on the line to talk all things USA. Uh, where should we start, Nate? Um, how's things in North Carolina? Things are pretty good here. It's starting to get cold all of a sudden. I had my mom visiting this weekend, so it was early bedtimes for me, which meant less less work uh, I got accomplished, but uh, it was nice spending time <laughs> with her. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, yes, parents in the way of your uh, your late night EC content. But um, yes, a sim- similar thing here. I mean, I keep getting these false promises of snow from my weather update, so I've, I've become very wary of that, but I'm sure I'll be very excited when it, uh, it finally starts falling. Yeah, so... We can probably start with the biggest news that came out of uh, the US in the last little while is the Major League Cricket uh, has finally announced uh, the format and the dates for their first season or their, um, (laughs) once again, we'll believe it when the first ball is bowled, but it's definitely getting closer. The first season is coming up next year uh, and also some news around stadiums. Uh, Nate, can you just fill us in on that to start with? Sure. The, uh, the the window for the season is July 13th through the 30th. That's 18 days uh, for the league to take place. The shorter season will definitely um, open the league up to more famous names to, to join it up because they can free themselves up easier. The, the, league, the window was selected specifically for that reason. Yeah, they, they, they did this at the Dallas venue, which they've been working on laying down the uh, installing the square right now. Dave Agnew. Uh, so they they wanted to make a big announcement about about it at the venue. It looks like things are coming along. They had a lot of video footage of it. So yeah, they, they, these plans look slightly different than the obviously the original um, plans which they released quite a while ago. But but yeah, the, the updated plans. We we always know that those things change. The mockups are going to change uh, compared to reality. But it looks really good. Seventy five hundred seats expandable to fifteen thousand uh, for bigger events. So it should. Feature pretty well in the World Cup when when completed. It should be done in spring of 2023 ahead of the Major League Tournament. Uh, yes, well, the, I mean, we, as, as we discussed, uh, pro, stadium projects in the U.S. often take a long time. So fingers crossed that uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, completed on time. But um, yeah, we, we did kind of briefly touch on the the short window and the international stars the fact that there is that ability to attract uh, big name internationals should allow them to kind of get the first season off with a, a bit of a bang uh, which nation stars do you think are, are going to be available just looking ahead to you know the the future tours program and, and various other schedules uh, you know who do you envision providing the bulk of the the big name players i think most of the southern hemisphere is is in play uh, obviously, the Ashes will be going on during that time, so any uh, Australian Test cricketers will be out of uh, play for that, I would guess. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine most of the Southern Hemisphere, a lot of South Africans, uh, New Zealand, um, Australia. I think we're going to see some 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 really big names. I know they're they're going big. A lot of a lot of players are really interested in playing in the USA. I know they're going to pay pay for the players. And we might even see some uh, some Asians too, some Pakistanis, and who knows? Uh, there are rumors of a lot of Indian players that are uh, nearing international retirement, and that would be quite a boon for the league to get some of those players into uh, into Major League Cricket. I don't want to speculate too much on who because you know that's maybe a little bit unfair, 
But um, but yeah, they can they can. I think they're going to get some really big name players. The big question is, do we have enough depth in the country? Uh, how much depth do we have to fill six teams with domestic players and also big name superstars? When you, when you're talking about international players who are at the top of the of the you know the T20 talent level with the very tip top, you you're going to need to. You don't want you know there to be a huge talent gap. So we're going to have to see how many international stars are in each playing 11 versus our domestics. But I, I think it'll be somewhere around four or five internationals per playing 11. And you never know. We could, we could even see some, uh, some associate players too. We we've got some Netherlands players right now. Uh, Basta lady um, playing on the Morrisville Stamp army team in the T10, along with some of the um, minor league players like uh, Orbus Pinar, who plays for the local Morrisville Raptors team. Uh, Calvin Savage, who's also uh, going to be playing in Nepal. So yeah, I think uh, Major League Cricket actually has four or five players headed to Nepal for their T20 um, league. And so yeah, you might actually see some Nepal players coming back over here. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be sort of my next question is just, you know, obviously, going for the big name international stars is is a kind of uh, the, the standard operating procedure for a new league to try and get some attention. But at the same time, where's the associate content you know where's where are there going to be slots available for associates or is it just going to be sort of local american players plus internationals yeah i'm not sure uh to be honest uh i think it depends on how big the pockets they have and how big of the names they get if they get really big names and want to spend big you might see a couple of associate players in there filling in some of these um uh international slots because obviously they're less expensive uh, so yeah, that, that could happen, you know, filling in the rest of the, the international spots. I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few associate players, uh, in the mix, obviously going forward, I think as the league grows and as the window for the season grows, I think we'll see even more associate players filling in those international, uh, roster spots, um, probably more in the second or third year than we will in the first. Now, as we know, the first year will be played, um, between Houston and Morrisville because none of the other stadiums are ready yet. Um, when are the rest of the stadiums supposed to be uh, coming online? And, and, you know, when will we be seeing a genuine home and away season? Well, I think I think it's going to be some years before every team has a venue. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think there's a, it's a tough balance. Everything about this league is, is a tough balance. You know, you, you balance out the fact that it's a short season by bringing in big names. You, you balance out the fact that you you know you don't have a whole lot of venues right now with you balance that out with Morrisville but Morrisville doesn't have a team that you know they they're they're hosting they might they're probably going to host they haven't announced it uh, but they're probably going to host a few games there somewhere in the middle of that 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 uh this first season I can't imagine why they wouldn't but they're they don't they're not going to have a team so obviously when you you know you're you have a startup league like this you're looking in the larger uh metropolitan areas for teams the bigger names team name teams that, that kind of grab people's attention more everyone's heard of New York City everyone's heard of Washington DC and you know Seattle San Francisco and LA and all those places are set to get venues now right now they don't have anything identified in New York they're working really hard to find something in the DC area um the two California uh, sites have been identified and they're working with the the, the municipalities there. Um, 
but they're in the pretty early stages. I think we're 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 two years away probably from seeing something in California, and probably a little bit longer for New York and uh, and um, DC. Seattle has a venue identified also, but also in the early early uh, stages there. Yeah, and at that announcement. I guess this kind of ties into the <laughs> perennial questions around uh, governance and, and administration uh, in the USA. And it was interesting to see there was not a whole lot of fanfare from the USAC side of things about the announcement, despite, you know, ostensibly MLC being their major partner and this being, you know, the biggest competition or, or you know, cricket event really that, has happened in the US if it does end up happening as planned. Um, so, you know, there was no Richard Doan, although he does live very close by. There was, I think maybe one USAC employee was there, but, you know, they weren't really talking about it on their social media, for example. It, was, it just seemed like they weren't that interested, which is a bit strange. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's a, it's a real pity. It's a really poor strategy if you ask me it's uh you know this is the official partner of usa cricket as far as t20 franchise leagues go and only one usa board member showed up like as you said richard doan wasn't there uh the usa cricket chairman atul rai wasn't there interestingly atul rai and kuljit singh nanjar were happy to fly to dublin california a month ago for a photo op regarding the opening of a new public park which has some nice-looking youth cricket grounds with synthetic pitches, um, which obviously was built before they even took office um, for USA, but couldn't be bothered to show up to probably the biggest announcement in American cricket, at least in in recent memory. Now, do you think that's sort of indicative of, you know, all is not well in the relationship? You know, we I know last time we talked about some of the board members having a bit of a suspicion let's say of the of the deal with mlc and um american cricket enterprises the parent company oh absolutely i I think it's definitely uh, you know writings on the wall there it's it's pretty in pretty big bold letters you know letters three feet high the uh (laughs) us usa socials didn't even share the announcement um at all and uh yeah so i think i mean sure things get busy sometimes people can't go places and they can't show up, uh, and that's understandable and, and expected. But but when your USA, when your socials don't even tweet it out or share it on Facebook or anything like that, and in the meantime are plenty happy to share their own things, um, that's uh, that's a big sign to me. Now I know um, it's it's all kind of yeah under undercover at the moment, but you know with with the administration turning a little bit more towards the the suspicious side of things rather than the enthusiastic side of things how much of a risk is there that the whole deal ends up being scuppered <laughs> you know as we as we always say believe it when the first ball is bold but do, do you think it's possible that the whole thing will collapse before then i don't think so i, I don't think i don't see that happening I, I don't really see how they could really put the brakes on it right now um it's it's you know, they really only thing they they kind of needed from USA was to, was to be sanctioned for you know at this point. Um, whether you know USA decides to honor the 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 agreement, you know whatever agreement it is, um, I I don't see them not getting sued. <laughs> you know, if 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 something happens here, 
if if USA decide to um kind of you know turn things on its head, I don't see them not getting sued. You you've got tens of millions of dollars invested into this. Uh, it's tough to put the brakes on something. You know, you don't just pull, you don't just renegotiate a deal when you've got, you know, $44 million invested in something and the investors are all investing based on the terms of your deal. You know, you just, you just don't interrupt that very easily without, you know, serious legal trouble. So I, I just don't, I don't see them, you know, putting the brakes on this, to be honest. I just think, I don't know exactly what, if there is an end game, I don't know what it is. I, I, I really don't know what the thinking is right now, but, but obviously um, there's problems here um, between the two entities. And just on that, um, there's also some more <laughs> uh, USAC elections coming up. It, it seems like they're having elections more frequently than the, than the actual government, which is quite something. I know last time we talked about it being a sort of a catch-up election because everything got delayed for a couple of years with COVID. Um, so what's when? when's the next one? Well, they announced the eligible voters list just recently. Actually, today, well, the day we're recording this, they actually just did announce it. I haven't had a great chance to look at the, the voters list. But um, yes, it's uh, for individual director and the league director um, spot. And they, they announced that the time frame for the election is somewhere in December or January. Now, you, they're accepting challenges to the eligible voter list or questions up until December 9th, I believe. But yeah, so we, we should see in, in a month or two from now, we should see an election, another election for USA uh, cricket and when that happens, does that mean they're all caught up and they're sort of back on schedule for their regular elections? I believe so. I believe they'll be kind of caught up until next year, I believe. And moving to some cricket, you know, on the field, um, which once again, there's always sort of a, a, an equal amount of stuff going on in in the back rooms and, and on the actual field with, with American cricket, but um, some on-field cricket that does have a few sort of administrative implications. Uh, we talked a bit about it last week is the USA under-19s women. Uh, they're over in the, UA the UAE at the moment um, on, on a training camp as they prepare for their upcoming appearance at the under-19 Women's World Cup, uh, which will be early next year. Uh, they had to use a, a GoFundMe to pay their way to get there, uh, which, again, that kind of goes into uh, some of the discussions we've had around uh, USAC's priorities uh, in terms of where they spend their money. In terms of, um, I guess, the organization of that, I mean, some of the parents donated a bunch of money and now their kids have wound up in the squad. I don't know. It just seems a bit funny uh, what's going on there. The under-19 women had to put together a fundraiser, a GoFundMe, to try to fund the trip. Uh, they, I believe they were tra targeting about 44000 or so, and they managed to get close to thirty. But there are two players that were unable to travel with the team due to school. One of them was the rather well-known Lisa, Lisa Ramjit, who a while ago on Peter De La Pena's Stars and Stripes podcast told him that she was graduating high school early, motivated completely by a desire to stop and focus on cricket, which is um, really interesting. I mean, obviously, people's priorities change, things things change. But it's it's odd that she's that they're citing school for somebody who graduated a year early from high school to focus on cricket. They're citing that as a reason she didn't travel. So that to me is is kind of like a 
you know, red flag, maybe that's a red flag. He pointed out that one of the players who found herself in the, in the group that, that traveled for the training had a, had family members who collectively donated over $4,000 to the GoFundMe. So this looks on the surface, like some kind of a, you know, pay for play type of thing, but you know, it's tough to, you can't really say that, but uh, this is exactly why you don't do something like this. Obviously, we're seeing two things here. We're seeing the the national governing body doesn't have enough money to send them to UAE to prep for the World Cup. I don't know why they would. First of all, in the in the first place, I'm not sure why they're sending them to UAE to prep for the World Cup and not just keeping them domestically here since the World Cup is in South Africa anyways. Yeah, it's it, it, it just doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense to me. But also there was a camp in Houston about five weeks back that was funded by ACE and ACE well, Major League Cricket did announce that they were going to pay for some prep for the women ahead of the tournament some time ago, and I believe that was one of those. So I'm not sure why they're in UAE to prep for this. It's it's an awful lot of money. They still haven't paid employees. We 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 uh, we talked about that several times. This is a really big deal to me. This is kind of like the biggest deal. Some of their employees haven't been paid for several months. Uh, contractors haven't been paid for several months. And so these are strange priorities. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of funny business going on. Um, and I guess looking across to the men's side of things in the junior uh, tournament that they just ran, the under fifteen men's, uh, that's run and done. Um, I know you said you were kind of a bit ambivalent about holding it when they, you know, they haven't paid their employees and they're trying to scrape together, you know, crowdfunding to send the women off to to prep for a World Cup, but. They they did run that tournament. Um, any notable uh, highlights from from the under fifteens? Yeah, that tournament took place at Prairie View Cricket Complex in Texas. Uh, the West won the the national championship in the U fifteen age group. There were some standout players uh, for the West on the day. It was Sidant Sentil's uh, bowling and Amog Arapali's batting, which led the West over a very good and young South team. Those two are sixteen years old, but they were born within the window for the U15 Nationals. So those are some up-and-coming stars. Uh, obviously, you have a couple of stars on your team who are older. They're going to perform pretty well. Uh, each team played four games in four days, four 50-overs. Well, they weren't all 50-overs games. Some of them were reduced to 30. Some were reduced to 35. But um, some of the standouts I'd like to mention are uh, Vihan Mehta, the Southwest bowler who paced the entire tournament in wickets with nine, and Adnip, Jam, only 13 years old from St. Louis. He was second in the tournament to runs to Arapali from the West. So congratulations to those players for doing so well. Um, but yeah, that's really impressive to me. A guy, um, only 13-year-olds from St. Louis of all places. Uh, they've got an up-and-coming youth program there. Uh, it's great to see. They, they, they've got a lot of support for their minor league cricket team as well. So great to see Adnip Jam, only 13 years old. Second in runs in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to hear about uh, kids coming up through the American youth system. And, you know, as ever, the the question will be how much follow through is there on these young stars coming through and whether they'll um, be able to kind of make their way in the American cricket scene. Um, But that's, (laughs) I guess, a a question for tomorrow. Um, I am interested in the St. Louis cricket scene. I I don't know anything about that. Um, Do you have any more inside information on, on how cricket's going down there? 
yeah, I, I think it's going pretty well. They they uh, they got some good um, coaching around there. Before they had um, what was Pinar was there, but then he moved to Morrisville. Now Justin Dill has moved out there. Um, one of the major league uh, players, and uh, yeah, so so they got good coach. I've talked to some of the the people from St. Louis that are involved in the youth program there in the ACA, and they're really energetic people. They remind me a lot of the Triangle Cricket League. Um, yeah, you know, you have to keep a close knit group when you're, when you're not one of the primary hubs in the country, they, it's very unique that, that, that you would be outside of a hub and have this much success. Well, Nat, as ever, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I think that just about covers the USA news, uh, right at the moment, um, for all our listeners who would like to hear more about American cricket, they can, of course, uh, follow Nate and lots of Nate content on the Minor League Cricket YouTube channel, uh, as well as the Emerging Cricket YouTube channel, and of course the Emerging Cricket website at emergingcricket.com. And we're also on a couple of uh, well-known social media channels, although one of which uh, might well be about to collapse. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes.